This episode of The Regular Podcast is brought to you by Men of Courage, man. This is a great group of men. They come together to advance the narrative and success of black men in America. Remember last week I told y'all we need more like this, and we have one here. Men of Courage, you can go to their website at menofcourage.com, and you can join the movement now. Skip Bailey, you got to see me. Woo! Woo, boy, I say y'all about to get on the thing. Mm. I can't stand me. I hate me right now. Y'all gonna hate me tomorrow. What's going on, y'all? We back for another episode of the regular podcast. I'ma just let you know off the jitter that you're gonna hear some noises in the background. The reason you hear noise is because I have the washer and the dryer going. And I love the house, right? I love my house. But the, the laundry room is inside of our master bedroom. So that's a little bit strange because if anybody else wants to wash clothes, if like, you know, if anybody wants to wash clothes and they don't live in this room, they have to come in this room just to wash their clothes or I have to take their clothes and wash them for them. It's a little bit weird, whatever. You know, that's probably too much information. Or maybe it's information y'all didn't care about, but I'm just letting you know. That's why you're going to hear a little bit of that <clears throat> washer and dryer hood going on in the background. How y'all been this week? I've been cool. I told y'all I was going to start dropping regularly because, you know, we got, you know, I have some people paying attention. And I want to I wanna get these numbers up so y'all help me out getting these numbers up by sharing it and commenting, hitting me up on Twitter about it, which I prefer. I prefer the Twitter uh, dialogue over SoundCloud comments because I, I, it comes straight to my phone. I can respond immediately. Plus, that's just why I like to have converse, excuse me, conversations. His, uh, Twitter name is at Kilo underscore Righteous. Now, interesting thing happened last week. I mentioned a couple um, couple organizations that were dealing with black men specifically. The first one I named was uh, Men With Courage. And they actually found me on Instagram some kind of way. I don't know if I said my Instagram name on here last week, but they found me on Instagram and followed me. I didn't tag them in the podcast, though. So I don't know how, like, you know, the, the podcast artwork was Kanye West over top of J. Cole's uh, Kanye West face over top of J. Cole's album cover. And the title was called KOD Kanye on drugs. So I don't even know what how they even got to it. It could have just been a coincidence. They could have just found me through some other uh, way. But, you know, if that was the coincidence, it's a, it's a great one. So. How was y'all week? Y'all week was cool. I can tell your week was cool because you know you're doing the right thing right now by listening to the world's number one podcast. Now, podcasting is really not about the numbers. You got to understand me. Podcasting is about the quality of the content. You no, know, Everybody's talking about their content creators. Yeah, you create content, but it's not high quality. You're just putting out a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? It's quality over quantity. You know, I'm not ashamed of that. Okay, so... I'm going to tell y'all what happened with me this week. I normally don't get into my week because it really doesn't matter that much is in the grand scheme of the podcast. But this one matters to me because it's just interesting. Now, uh, I've been trying to set up a meeting with the Youth Detention Center in uh, Clayton County, where I live at. And the, the pl- facility is called Martha Gl- Glaze. Uh, regional youth detention center and it is in hampton georgia right so i went on their website last month you know i emailed some the volunteering services thing email address and uh, i didn't get a response so then a couple weeks after that i called them and i gave the lady my information she said she didn't know who handles that but she would get back to me she never did so then i called again a week later and I finally got in touch with somebody. Okay, I set a meeting up. And then that meeting happened to be this week, right? So, knowing like I told y'all, I have um, an F note on my name, right? So, 
a, uh, I met with the lady, and I understand it's a youth detention center. Even though it's a jail for kids, it's still children that are in there. So they still have strict guidelines on who can come in their facility and deal with these children. So I come in, I'm talking to her. She's telling me things. She's telling me that the kids are criminal-minded, and uh, I could stay in contact with the children if I want to, but she wouldn't recommend it because they're just, you know, she kind of alluded to they're just not good kids. Uh, she kind of tried to give me a few different options of other places I can go help people because almost like the kids in, in that program, they're not really worth it. They're kind of disrespectful. They're kind of unruly sometimes, and I'm just thinking like, why would some and this is this lady I spoke with is the program coordinator. Now, if any if you don't know about program coordinators in jails and uh, prisons and things, they're supposed to be the nice person. It's like a guidance counselor at school. They're the nice one. They're the one that it's like a liaison between administration and the youth. Right. That's not exactly what they are, but that's what they when you create programs for the kids, it means you care about the kids being rehabilitated, the children, the teens, adolescents being rehabilitated. And so that they will stop with some of their criminal behavior, not criminal minded, some criminal behavior. They'll stop because of the programs that you create or that you administer is supposed to help them out. All right. She's telling me all these things about these children. She's giving me all these alternatives of other ways, other places I can go um, to help instead of her facility. But whatever, it's cool. I'm like, no, this is the kind of thing I want to do. I think these kids need, you know, a person like me who, you know, maybe some of them are murder. They have murder charges, right? But not all of them. Some of them are on just getting in trouble doing minor things. Those are the ones that we need to put the most focus on not that children with murder charges don't need focus but they will be in jail or prison for a long time we need to focus on the ones who are on the fence about the streets some are on the people think jail will scare you straight jail doesn't scare people straight you go in jail you do a little bit of time you come home that only lets you know you can do it some people say okay i'm never going back to that most people say yeah, I don't want to go back there, but if I have to, I know that I can do it because I did it already. It's not that bad. Not that it's not that bad. It is bad, but I'm just telling you how people come out of it. When you come out of jail, you know now that you can do it without dying. All right. So I'm telling her I want to do it. But then I said, but hold on for a second. I wanted to ask her. I, ha I said I have um, a back. I have a charge, a conviction on my uh, background will that stop me will that hinder my qualification process she said how long ago was it i told her five years she said yes that's a disqualifying factor your your conviction would need to have been 10 years old so i said okay that's uh, she said that's good you know i respect you for saying it up front because our background pro check process is pretty lengthy we would have had to do a lot of stuff to get you approved and then we would have found out that you had a felony and all this so i'm like okay cool that's that's good i'm glad you met with me so then she starts talking right so she says this is the first thing she says after i told her i had a conviction she says yeah and i know it's really hard for you guys to get jobs and things i said um no i've been working hard since i came home she said how much time did you do i told her and she said yeah but um yeah i know you guys have a hard time getting work I said, no, not me. I, I've been working. She said, but you're a salesman. Now, she said, but you're a salesman as if salesman is not a real job. So I said, no, yeah, but I'm a salesman, but I have a job. I sell. I, I, I was I sell. I pointed to the stuff that I sell because they actually use it in her facility. I was pointed. At, I said, I sell this kind of stuff. And it's like she couldn't hear me. She's like, no, but I know that that's not. She didn't say that's not a job. She said, but you're a salesman. That uh, that implies that that's not really a job. Right. So then she tells me, you know what you should do? You should go down to the unemployment office. You should get this thing called a bonding letter. And what you can do with that bonding letter is it lets employers know that you're a good candidate for a job and that the government will back you if anything should happen. Now, I know what a bonding letter is because when I came home from prison, I had a bonding letter. I know what it is. It it pretty much lets an employer know, let's say I get a job and I steal something. 
the government will cover whatever I stole up to $6,000. Now, yes, I'll still go to jail, but the government will cover it. So that lets um, employers feel more comfortable hiring felons because, you know, felons, we're just going to steal shit. Or felons, you know, we might punch somebody in the face and then have some kind of medical bills or restitution or something like that. The government will cover that up to $6,000, right? That's what a bonding letter is. And she told me, you know, you go down to the uh, unemployment office. Now, I told her I had a job. She said, go down to the unemployment office, get you a bonding letter. Then you know what? You could take it over to UPS. They hire felons. I said, I have a job, though. She said, but you're a salesman. They'll let you uh, UPS. Like I, like I said, I kept telling her I had a job, but she was ignoring that and telling me how I can get employment, right? She said, yeah, you know, UPS, they'll, they'll let you deliver packages and things like that. And at that point, I said, this lady just already has in her mind what she thinks a black man what the felony is because I'm telling her I'm not in need of her. I have a job. I have employment, have good employment. I'm not in need of the services that she's trying to um, suggest to me, but she didn't hear that or she didn't care that I was saying that. All she know is I see a felon. I see a man coming in here dressed like this. And the way I was dressed, I dress for work. I wear button up slacks. I wear dockers. I wear um, dress shoes to work. She probably thought I dressed up to meet her. I don't dress. That's how I dress to go to work. This is my normal attire. She didn't she didn't care about that. Once she heard that I had a, a prior conviction and her mind is this guy's a felony. He's felon. He's down on his luck. He's broke. He's unemployed. He's he needs help. He need like I'm like, wow, this is a black woman talking to me like this. And she tells me to go to UPS to help build my resume. Now. There's nothing wrong with working at UPS, right? Because if I did need a job, I would be trying to go to UPS. Actually, I did try to go to UPS when I needed a job. They didn't hire me. So, and that is what it is. It's not their fault, but they didn't hire me. So, um, I'm not knocking UPS, but if I tell you I have employment, why are you telling me to go to UPS? I, like, it's, it's almost like when somebody um, hears about your, a criminal past, they assume ignorance also right she assumed that i didn't know how to get a job myself she assumed i didn't know what a bonding letter is she assumed that a ups employment uh, she assumed that ups job could help my resume think about it now i was a i was a radar technician in the navy radar tech iff you know whatever i didn't do a whole lot of radar work but i'm certified to do it right a UPS delivery job does not help my resume. You understand what I'm saying? Like I said, it's not a bad job. It's not a bad job at all. But the, the, the worst part about it is the, the job that she does, it's almost, it's, it's probably a 99.88% chance I make more money than her. Right? My salary is more than likely higher. My base salary is probably higher than her salary. And I get commission on, on the stuff I sell. So for me to tell her I'm a salesman, I have a job, and her to totally ignore me and tell me to go to the unemployment office to get a bonding letter to go to UPS to build my resume. Baffling. I was shocked. It felt like if y'all ever watched the show Everybody Hates Chris, right? When his teacher talks to him about like, He'll tell her like, yeah, my dad is at home. And then she'll act like she just didn't hear him say that and say something like, oh, Chris, it's so nice that you have dreams of having a father at home. Like it was like that. Having this me having a conversation with this. Uh, she was maybe in her 50s black woman telling me when I'm telling her I have a job telling me to go to UPS to build my resume. Like some of y'all won't understand why that is what it is to me but listen man I, I that's not like i have made mistakes in my life okay but i also have rectified some of those uh some of those mistakes when it comes to financial prosperity now not rich but homeowner yeah you see what I'm saying? I came home December 4, December 23rd, two days before Christmas, 2014. Got my first job February 9th, 
2015. I was unemployed. That's a month and a half. I was unemployed for a month and a half. First job, February 9th. That was a landscaping job. Second job I got, I started it February 28th. That was a moving job, working for two men in a truck. Two men and a truck. I excelled at that job. Right? So I moved up. I, I, was, I, I became a head mover in like three months, which I mean, some of y'all, that don't mean, that don't mean shit, but it, it's a big deal, right? In that world. I became a head mover. Then I became an interstate driver. Interstate driver, now that's $16 an hour. That's good money for, for me at that time because, like I said, that was uh, six months prior to that, I was in prison. So now I'm coming home, being an interstate, now I can drive, you know, and all that. And we work for tips. So I was getting regular wages, like let's say $14 an hour, plus people would tip us. Every job we did. So let's say I do two jobs in a day all summer. I'm getting tips. People tipping, you know, $20. That's, that adds up plus regular pay, weekly pay. So I was progressing right there. I only did that for six months. I met a guy because I moved his house. He got me a job. Now I'm back in electronics. I did that from August 17th, 2015, all the way until uh, then... I got closer with people. I networked again, met another guy who got me where I'm at now. He got me an interview. I got myself the job. Uh, and I start. I did. I did. Um, I did the electronics job from August seventh, August seventeenth, two thousand fifteen, up to April third, two thousand seventeen. And now I'm in sales now, which I sell commercial HVAC stuff. Now, I it took me it took me um, three years. Yeah, I got it. So yeah, it took me three years to get back into fully stable, but I got back to it. So I take pride in the work that I put in over the last three years because when I was sitting in my in my in my um in my building in in prison and I'm ta- I was building with the dudes that that I had built a bond with in there we all told each other we talked about our goals when we come home all of my guys are doing great right now all of them my man red gold victorious true black sun everybody that I was in a, my close circle doing good my man he owned trucks my other guy he's he's um machine he's a machinist he machines parts for you know um just different companies you know my other man he's trying to get in a chef red gold is is in the fashion designer and me only thing i kept telling him was listen i have to come home i'm gonna work i'm gonna put in work i'm gonna do computer programming and i'm gonna buy me a house in two years i told him i'm gonna buy a house in two years i got that house and it took me two years and six months but i still got it right so not not I'm saying that to say why all of this comes together. So this is my whole buildup over the last three and a half, three and a half years, right? To sit down with a lady that I want to help at her facility and her to tell me, go to UPS. No, go to the unemployment office so you can take a bonding letter to UPS. I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably talking about this too much because you know what? I'm not even going to, I'm, I'm going to end it right there. The lady she violated, but it's all good because now I'm, I'm getting the ball rolling on a new thing. I'm talking to my guys about it, seeing what they think about the names that I came up with. And we're we about to get these ball, this ball rolling in another, another direction. I tried to help that route, but, you know, the lady, she, she, she played with my name. All right, so let me get off of that. Now. Briefly, again, last week I know I talked about Kanye because Kanye says something about loving Trump and free thinking and all this stuff. But now, since last week, Kanye West has said slavery is a choice. Now, everybody knows about that. Now that slavery is a choice, y'all was a slave for 400 years. That sounded like a choice to me. Okay, boom. He said that. Now, this is the problem I'm having. Now, everybody's been discussing, trying to make sense of if this is a choice and whatever. Now, what I... My only issue is this. The people defending the slavery is a choice ideology. Not even realizing 
Kanye came back and said, I didn't mean slavery was a choice. And then he explained what he meant. He wasn't talking about slavery in the physical transatlantic slave trade where they were taking Africans from Africa, kidnapping them, bringing them here, raping or killing them if they couldn't break them. And then making them work on plantations, sugar plantations, uh, tobacco plantations, and cotton plantations. That's not what he was talking about. He explained what he was talking about. He said mental slavery. The man said 400 years of slavery. That's the reason he said, I don't want to say slavery because that separates black and white. I want to say prison. We're in prison because he was trying to say, I'm not talking about the slavery from... 1619 to 1865 it's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the mindset that makes you feel like you can't do something because somebody is holding you down that's the slavery he was talking about but then you got these people all on the internet talking about no slavery was a choice i would have ran away you could have ran away you could have jumped off the boat you heard what killmonger said y'all know killmonger is a fictional character killmonger was saying something it was a bar it was a hard bar i jump off the boat so i you know death is better than bondage that's all good and that's cool that's gravy that's not what kanye was talking about so y'all trying to defend this he made a comment about something and he clarified what he meant y'all have not heard the clarification so you still uh defending the thing that he said that was incorrect if you tell somebody death or this that's not a choice. They don't have a choice there. You're making the choice for them either way. If I give you a choice of death or slavery, you don't have a choice. I have a choice. Because it means I'm going to do what I want no matter what you say to me just right now. What if I say death or slavery and you say neither? I want to go. Let me move to Ohio because that's a free state. And they say, no, I'm killing you. You didn't have a choice. You didn't want death or slavery. All right. So. That's not what Kanye was saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, the, the reason it's so goofy that some of y'all is trying to defend it is because he said 400 years. And y'all going with it like, yeah, you know, Harriet Tubman said she would have freed, she freed a thousand slaves. She would have freed a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. The transatlantic slave trade didn't last no fucking 400 years, man. That's not what Kanye was talking about. Y'all sounding crazy. Y'all out here sounding crazy, man. African slaves was being brought to America from 1619 to like the early 1800s. Then after that, the slaves that was in America, they were born into slavery. They weren't bringing, they weren't importing any more slaves. That was made illegal. All right. So like, yo, y'all have to calm down, man. Like, calm. you're trying to defend something and then use like the like we all want to stay woke. Right. I want to stay woke. Also, let's all stay woke together. That's cool. But at least if you're about to be talking about history, know the history that you woke about. What 400 years do y'all keep talking about was a choice. Like if y'all if y'all see somebody saying that this is like def saying what they saying about the Kanye thing, ask them what 400 year period they're talking about. Because the 400-year period I know of of American slavery, I mean, the period of American slavery I know about was not 400 years. So which one are they talking about? <laughs> the one that they're defending that Kanye said where he already said he was wrong. He, no, he didn't say he was wrong. He said he didn't mean it like that. These people on Facebook and Twitter, which 400-year period are they talking about? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like... We, we all got to come together on this thing. When it's, when it's about stay woke, it's about staying woke don't mean say the most radical black shit you could think of. Stay woke means know your facts. It means do not be blinded by the false representations of things. That's what stay woke means. Stay woke don't just mean say, the, say shit that's going to make people annoyed. That's not what it means. I know that that's what some people want you to think it means. I know some people want you to think if you read Niggas the Gods, you're woke. If you read 48 Laws of Power, you're woke. That's not what it is. Woke means aware. It means you know what's going on. It don't mean you sound like you know what's going on. It don't mean you're going to defend 400 years of slavery in the physical sense when that wasn't even, that didn't even happen. Even if you wanted to count Jim Crow and all that, that's still not 400 years. Let's just say you started at 1619 and somebody said y'all been a slave for 400 years. 
We ain't even got 400 years from 1619 yet. That's next year. So that means y'all just y'all just talking to talk. Hold on, man. Shay calling me. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? What's up? Oh, I'm done. Thank God. What? I said I'm done. Thank God. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in here recording a podcast right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. You're on speakerphone, too, of course, like always. Yeah. Right now, I'm talking about Kanye West. Well, you should have waited on me. I should have waited on you. You left me here all day. Yeah. Well, I didn't leave you there all day. You left me here all day. You you left me here all day. Wow. I, I had to find something to do. You didn't help me with my hair. Then I, I did help you with your hair. I'm talking about last yeah, no, you talking okay. you talking about last night. I'm just saying I helped. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I could have been out here at eight o'clock in the morning and No, you can't put your timing on me. That like no. Not just on you, but I can't blame the traffic and everything else. You could blame what you want. I'm just saying you was gone all day, so I'm doing a podcast. That's crazy. All right, I don't have to muscle. Well, hopefully it doesn't take me too long to get home because the sand traffic is still heavy, so. Yep. Uh, well. All right. All right. All right, y'all. Y'all know I'll be answering the phone when Shay called me and shit. All right, so <clears throat> like I said, man, at these people that are defending what Kanye said, ask them what 400-year period they're talking about. I needs to know You know me I'm all about the numbers I would love to know What numbers They are basing this on Because These people Look Another thing man Some of y'all Can't even fight Y'all ain't never been in a fight Some of y'all And some of y'all Ain't been in a fight Since you've been 18 years old You don't even know If you can fight no more So why is you saying What you would've did To somebody With a gun Come on man why are you saying what you would have done to somebody with an army behind them? See, this is one thing that people, a lot of people use Haiti as an example of what should have or could have happened in America. This is the thing. America, slavery in America was a totally different thing from slavery anywhere else. You got to think about the islands in the islands, the, the, the Europeans, a lot of them were coming there, dropping shipments of people off and taking shipments of sugar back to Europe or whatever, right? And they were leaving. So there was only like they would only leave, they wouldn't leave that many uh, Europeans there. So yes, there was a whole lot of, there was a good ratio of slaves to white people there. So it was much different when they had to take over their country. That does not minimize what they did in Haiti. But that's it's a totally different beast. You're talking about America. You're talking about millions of acres, not America. But, you know, let's just go by the the thing that was America back then, the 13 colonies or whatever. And a couple more states by the time 1685 got here. I mean, 1865 got here. Right. You're talking about a massive amount of land. If there, if there was a like, let's say, you know, the South and the North was separated as far as ideology goes. But if a massive slave revolt happened, the military in the North would have fought against the slaves in the South if they had to. It's not like the slaves could just kill a couple masters and then they would be free. That's not what happened. You kill a couple masters, all white people are coming for you. All of them. And some slaves was coming for you because they, they cared more about what the masters thought than other slaves. So they was all coming for you. That's why instead of revolting in America, the biggest thing we did was escape, was run north. Because trying to battle against an army, you, they had the Navy back then, the Marine Corps was around back then, and the army was around back then. Like the, These are military forces that are still around today. They were around back then. 
Like, you have to really think about what you're saying when you're saying you just would have took over and you would have did this and you wouldn't have been a slave. You don't know what the hell you would have did because you can't even stop the cops from arresting you right now. So you telling me what you would have did back then when you had less knowledge of the land? You didn't know what was going on? Now you live on a block for 20 years and the cops run up and arrest you. You ain't escaped that. Now how the hell you going to tell me you would have ran the, you would have been in Georgia and you would have ran to Canada? Shut up. Come on, man. I don't think people know what they're saying when they're saying this shit. I, I don't, like, you got to know geography. You can't tell me what you would have did in 1832. You don't even know geography, man. How was you going to stop an, another, like a, like a, a um, how were how you going to stop the Uncle Ruckus type from telling on you? How were you going to stop that since you got all the answers? Like, I need people to really think about what they're saying before they say this shit, man. Because it's a lot of foolishness that we don't understand. Kanye said he didn't mean like that. He didn't mean that. He clarified what he meant. He was talking about mental slavery. That's why he wanted to include white people in it. White people were not slaves with us that the slavery y'all keep talking about. He said prison because that's like a mental thing. Okay? All right. Boom. Moving on, man. Because... You know, whatevs. Moving on. Now, an, and a few albums came out, actually, and I'm actually impressed. The Shocker album of the weekend that came out to me, Designer. Designer dropped Life of Designer. And I actually liked it. I listened to that album multiple times already, and then I think it was a great album. Another one. But the big one, of course, this weekend was definitely Shrim Life or Shrim, Shrim 3. They, I guess it's Shrimp Life 3, but the, the album says just SR3MM. But really, Shrimp Life 3 came out this weekend, man. And there's 27. So I, we knew it was going to be a triple disc. We knew how they were, the format of it or whatever. I thought the shit was going to be too long for me. It turns out it wasn't too long for me. Even though 27 songs seems like it's a, that's a heavy joint. Actually, it was it flowed well, man. It was actually a good album. Solid. I listened to that thing probably four or five times since it came out. Already yesterday. It came out yesterday. I listened already four or five times. Um, I would say so far, my fa I wanted to like Slim, uh, yeah, Slim Jimmy's joint better than Sway Lee, but Sway Lee is just too too cold at it. Like he just his features that he picks, like he's just too cold. I like Slim Jimmy a lot too, but I wanted to like it more than the. Uh, they they had separate albums on this album, so separate volumes. So Slim Jimmy's part was called Jimtro. J, like Jimmy, but like intro, but it's Jim Tro. And then Sway Lee's part was called Swaycation. So, uh, yeah, I, I, they the whole album was good. Um, but my man Sway Lee was just hitting him over the head. You know, touchscreen navigation, heartbreaking in Sino Hills, heart of the heat of the moment. Offshore is, I like Offshore. I think that's the one with a young thug in it. He got the Guatemala joint. Lost Angels, Hurt the Look, Red Wine, like, he, he got some shits on there, man. And, um, but yeah, all around, it's a great one, man. You know what I was thinking earlier? Sway Lee, I mean, not Sway Lee, Ray Shrimmer, yo, they're the new flowetry. Now people looking at me like, I know y'all looking at me through the, through the audio joints like, yo, this nigga bugging. But no, Sway Lee and Jimmy, Slim Jimmy are the new flowetry. They are the the reform, the refined, the 2000, because they came out like, oh, like 2014 with the No Flex Zone. They are the 2014 version of, and mod, they're the 2014 version and popularized version of Flowetry. Even though Flowetry does have like some hits that were mainstream, for the most part, their career, I mean, their fan base is like niche. It's, a, it's never been on the forefront besides the major the, the major hits they had. But their style, though, the style is like because even though Floetry was one rapper, one singer, the singer, Marsha Ambrosius, led the way. It's unlike every song they did together, the singer was the base of the song. That's how Ray Schremer goes. That's how they work. Sway Lee is the singer, and he is the bass, pretty much 
the architect of every song they do. I would call him the producer. Even though they give Mike Will made it because he's making the beats, Sway Lee is actually the producer of Ray Schremer. He's coming up with the concepts. He's writing the concepts. I mean, he's writing the songs, coming up with the concepts, and he's doing the majority of every song that they have. He's the architect and the producer. He is the foundation of what Ray Schremer is. Even though it needs two to be a group, it needs two for him to work like that, Sway Lee's the foundation. It's the same thing with Floetry. Marsha was the foundation of everything that we love about Floetry. Like, I've never heard anybody sing a Floetry song and sing the rapper girl song. I don't even know her name, but to sing her part. Who sings the rapper of Floetry's bars? Like, who does that? And then on top of that, they're from London. I mean, yeah, they're from the UK somewhere, probably London. You can you can hear Marsha's accent less than you can hear the rapper. You can hear hers more. So that's already, you know, when they came out, we really wasn't trying to hear no British rappers at that time. So that's why I said uh, Ray Schremert is the refined, modernized, and popularized version of Floetry. Now, uh... You know, like I started the podcast out talking about quality of content. Maybe Floetry's quality of what you know what they're giving us probably was higher. But Ray Schremert also has great music for this time right now that we're in. It's not timeless. They do have some timeless songs, but the music as a whole is not timeless. But I would say. They are, you know, I think a lot of people have an issue seeing the parallels between men and women. Like most people would say, if if you want to look for a new flowetry, you would find a new woman duo that sings and raps, right? People have a hard time translating a male to a female. So some people want to be like Ray Schremert is the new. They would say something like they the new Mob Deep, just because it's two men. That's not that don't even make sense. You know, or they the new Noriega and Capone. Like, or they the new CNN. They that that um that doesn't make sense. If you listen to the style of music, like that's that's how a lot of people do comparisons. Um I'm trying to do the comparison based on actual delivery and concept. The concept in this comparison would be the foundation is the singer how many people know front to back a slim or even four bars of a slim jimmy verse it's the same thing with flowetry nobody knows that rapper girls and i don't mean to disrespect her by saying that but nobody knows her verses who knows them she knows them that's probably it but um yeah, man. Uh, Shrimp Like 3 is out. I think it's a good one. Y'all should go check it out. The Book of Ryan by uh, Royce the 5'9", that came out. It was cool. I ain't going to say it was great. I know some people, you know, I'm heavy into hip-hop, but I'm not just going to say some shit is great just because a dude is a lyricist. It's not great. The joint that he put out a couple years ago, uh, 2016, I cannot remember the name of it, was better than this right here. I can't think of the name of it, but I had it on my list, my top albums of the year list. I had it on my list for 2016. That album was better than this album. The Book of Rain is cool, but my I have a big issue with you. You call yourself, it's all hip-hop, lyricism, but then all, a lot of the bars that he rapped on this album is the stuff that he went on Funkmaster Flex and rapped a couple, uh, like a month and a half ago. I don't like that. You can't be a lyricist and you don't have enough bars, man, for the album, separate bars for the album and for the, the radio. I can understand if if it was some shit like he was up there doing an interview and they just asked, they requested that he rap. That's not what happened. Royce the 5'9 heard Black Thought on Funk Flex. And Royce called Flex and said, I need to come up there. So you requested to come up there and then you gave us bars that we was about to hear on the album? I don't like that. That's not my flow. That ain't my, that ain't my thing, man. I don't want to hear them bars like that. I don't like when people do it. I never, I, I'm from the era of them going up there rapping on the radio. I don't want to hear them bars no more. You understand? Like, 
I gave Tory Lanez a little bit of flack because of how he sounded. But we will never hear the Tory Lane bars from a radio rap. We won't hear them on nobody's no album. Because that's that's not what you do. I don't know why uh why Royce thought that that was the move. Like I'm not with that at all. And actually, that made me that made me listen to the album with a more critical ear. And I just wasn't feeling it. Cause I that matters to me. It might not matter to anybody else, but that shit bothers me. So I'm going to give the Book of Ryan a 2 out of out of 10. <laughs> Not a 2 out of 10. I'll give it a 2 out of 5. That's 50%, 40%. He'll be all right. Uh, so Book of Ryan was not for me. Let's just end it like that. Wasn't for me at all. And that's cool. You know what I mean? What else dropped? Okay. I meant to actually listen to this Leon Bridges, too. I had it on my, um, on my list that I showed y'all the other day, but I didn't get to it yet. It's called Good Things. Styles P dropped the album. Styles P album was better than, um, better than the Book of Ryan. Yeah, Styles P dropped the album. I didn't listen to NBA Youngboy's album yet. I'm, a lot of people have been saying they like it. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, but like I said, that that Life of Designer is the sleeper of the albums to me. Definitely the sleeper of the of the joints. I I think that was a good one. I think that's all I have to say about the music. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I told y'all last week I wanted to get into because it's something that needs to be talked about. By the way, Nipsey Hussle still has the best album of this year, 2018. His album is still the best. Victory Lap is still the number one album after... So we are into May. We are five months into the year. Nipsey still has the crown. His album came out February 16, 2018. It's still the best. All right? I just wanted to put that out there. There have been albums that come out this year. That album is still the best one. <clears throat> now, let's get into the labor situations. I told y'all we was going to talk about minimum wage and things like that. The reason I wanted to talk about minimum wage is because I am sick of seeing people, excuse me, sick of seeing people making these posts on the internet about black people need to stay home because y'all don't tip. They Not, I got a bad customer that they didn't tip. Not, I had a bad customer that was black they didn't tip. Or this black customer didn't tip. It's black people need to stay home. This is this is what I have an issue with. So since y'all think it's our job to pay your salary, you got the game. Uh, uh, I'm uh, we're we gonna deal with it. We're gonna deal with it. And y'all know y'all know how I get now. Y'all know how I get now. We we on the U.S. Department of Labor website. I actually downloaded the PDFs of the the, the um the fact sheets. Tipped employees under the Fair Labor Standards Act. Now, this is what I will say, first of all. The reason... Now, that's... the uh, There's an issue when it comes to wages in America. When it comes specifically to unskilled labor. The reason that is, is because of some racism. Some systemic racism from a long time ago. Actually, the 1930s. And that's the reason why this ties into my show. Because I wouldn't just come on here and discuss uh, somebody uh, saying black people should stay home. You know that it ties into my theme here. Systemic foolishness. All right. The reason is systemic, right? The American government put in place a federal minimum wage in 1938. That minimum wage was 25 cents, which in today's time, I think they said is like $3.10, some shit like that, right? So that's not the important part. The important part is they put it in place in 1938. Another important part is there were some exemptions. What do I mean by exemptions? There were some jobs that were not covered in this new statute or regulation. Some jobs were not covered. Why weren't they covered? Y'all be the judge in that. I'll tell you the main jobs that are not covered. They weren't covered then. And today in 2018, that's 80 years. No, wait. Yeah, 80 years later. Right? I just said it went into place in 1938. 80 years later, these same jobs are still not covered. But let's backtrack. What jobs are these? The main jobs. There's a few, but there's the main, the, the largest 
sectors that are not covered by the minimum wage statutes or regulations are employees that get tips and their tips have to be okay employees that get tips and farm labor okay now let's think back to 1938 what was happening in 1938 we know about sharecropping don't we hmm we know a lot of white people had farms in the 1800s that they needed they still needed work they still needed people to do the same thing the slaves were doing don't they they had that you know why they had that because they kept black people still working there because black people a lot of them didn't have anywhere to go when slavery was was abolished or not abolished but when it was redirected when slavery was taken out of private hands and put in public hands those white people still needed people to work the land. So before 1938, they they figured out ways to get black people back on those plantations, right? So a bunch of black people on plantations, a bunch of black people working in white people's houses, working for tips in the house. You know, they're shining shoes. They're uh, serving them, doing things like that. That made them, and they were working at diners and things like that, which would make them what? Tipped employees or farm labor. Why is that important? Because... With the whole industrial boom with these wars going on, the First World War happened. So in 1938, what was coming? What was coming, y'all? World War II, right? World War II was coming for us in America. So guess what? Steel production was about to start ramping up. That means white people's jobs was being secured. They was going to make sure they was paying white people at the factories and in all the union jobs, construction jobs. Y'all remember I talked about the color of law. They talked about um, the FHA, which was established in 1934, which was in response to communism all right so that's a different story okay boom so we getting rolling right everything is rolling so they say hmm we having some issues right now we need to put in place some minimum wage laws so they put them in place but then they said hmm but we need some people to not be covered let's the jobs that are most heavily populated by black people let's not cover them so any if you get tips you you're not covered you go to the side get the hell out of here if you work on a farm you're also, you're not covered either. Now, think about this. The pay, minimum wage, was only 25 cents an hour. So, all these jobs that black people's doing couldn't even guarantee 25 cents an hour. At a time when 25 cents an hour was still a little bit of money. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even guarantee black people that. Right? They wouldn't even guarantee. To, so, you have all these black people... In the South, mainly, because in the North, it was a little bit more built up where black people lived at. In the North, a lot of black people were only in the cities because they went North to get jobs. And they went North to flee a lot of white mobs. So they would go to St. Louis. They would go to Chicago. They would go to Detroit. They would go to Cincinnati. They would go to Cleveland. They would go to Pittsburgh. They would go to New York City. They would go to Philly. And that's where a lot of black people moved up to. So most of the black people in the North were in major cities. So they didn't really have to worry about the farm labor thing, but they were they had to worry about the tipped employees thing because a lot of the women, when they want to get out and get in the workplace, they were working at these restaurants and things like that. So that means that their pay was their pay was held down. Right now, tipped employees actually do have a minimum wage. It's just different. Than the rest of the country I mean different than every other job All the other jobs Farm labor does not have minimum wage at all There is no minimum wage for farm labor Okay You have to understand what I'm saying Tipped Now this is the game with the tipped people I'm a, I'm a, Let's fast forward to now The tipped employees Minimum wage is only $2.13 If you regularly Now this saying is customarily and regularly receive more than $30 per month in tips. It does not say you get you every month you get $30 a month. It says customarily and regularly. That means it could happen. It could not happen. But listen to this, though. Only $30 a month in tips. Do you, you realize how little $30 a month is? So let's pull out a calculator. Let me pull out a calculator. If you get if you get two dollars and 13 cents an hour 
right? Let's do 213 times 40. Oops, what did I do? 213, I'm on a calculator right now. All right? 213 times 40 is $85.02. That's a week. Oops. What the hell? Equals that times four weeks. Let's just say four weeks, right? Or let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. 213 times eight, right? That's daily. And then what you how many how many work days? Let's say you got 26 work days in in a, in a, um in a month. You're making $433 a month. Oh, but wait, you got your $30 in tips. At least you got that, right? So, at <clears throat> this this law says today in 2018 because this was this whole thing was revised recently. In 2018, legally, a company can pay you four dollars seventy three cents. I mean, seventy four hundred seventy three dollars and four cents for full time work if you get thirty dollars a month in tips. Do y'all realize what what the hell? Now, black people do not. They know we no longer make up the majority of tipped employees. Right. Or those types of jobs. That's not the bulk of our employment. So. We are not the most. Everybody's affected. I would say it's even. It's probably even. Everybody's doing that kind of work now. But it was put in place originally for black people to not be paid equally. Because that was the kind of work that they were doing back then. But y'all going to say black people need to stay home. No, the reason the reason. Waiters don't get paid is because the government wanted to not pay black people in the first place. There should be no reason I should have to go out and tip you. I do tip personally. I shouldn't have to. People do services for us all day. You know what I mean? When you go to Macy's and they ring you up and they fold your clothes and put it in a bag, you don't tip them. Why don't you tip them at Macy's? That's a service. Why don't you tip them? You know why you don't tip them? Because that is it shouldn't it's not on you to pay them. You are paying a store by buying that marked up merchandise. When you go to a restaurant, the margins that are at a lot of restaurants. Now, when you go to a restaurant, you're paying for the food. And you're paying for the experience. But that pay, that cost is already into the prices on the menu. So anything else, that's extra. That's some that's some government. Crap. That's some government bullshit that they pull in. And they they put it all in place to make sure black people don't get paid. Now, the farm labor. Now, we know how serious the farm labor was. They didn't have a minimum wage at all. You could pay them anything or you could pay them nothing. Because you know how they did the, with the sharecropping. And at the end of the year, the black people would owe the white people money. They have rules. They have rules for farming that says you can work on your your ch- look in farm work permissible jobs and hours of work by age minors 16 years or older may perform any job whether hazardous or not for unlimited hours that's federal law right there they can work uh, if it's hazardous or if it's not hazardous for unlimited hours child labor laws do not apply to farm jobs I mean, they, they apply, but they don't apply the same way they apply in other sectors, in other industries. In farming, you like are a slave, for real. You can be paid less. They, like, all right, let me see something real quick. The farm, yo, the farm jobs don't have a minimum wage, man. Like, y'all have to understand this shit. When, when you, all right, so when y'all watch the employment report, like when they put out how many jobs that that were uh, created in a certain month or, you know, when they put the, the report out, notice every time they say it, they say non-farm labor. The reason they say non-farm labor is because that shit does not count with the rest of everything else. The reason it doesn't count is because the rules for farming are different. Just completely different than the rules for everything else. The reason the rules for farming are different is because it was built on racism. 
Why was it built on racism? Because the people that were working the farms when they came up with these laws were black people. The people working the farms now are Mexicans. It's built on racism. They want to make it so that whoever we have working these farms cannot have the same rights as other people. And actually, it's not that your rights are being violated on a farm. You have no rights on a farm. Because farm workers are excluded from this stuff. There is no minimum wage for farm workers. There just ain't. There's not any. There's no minimum wage. You can't find it because it don't exist. Miners, this is another part of this thing. Miners under 12 years old may perform jobs jobs on a farm, jobs on farms owned or operated by parents or with a parent's written consent outside of school hours and non-hazardous jobs on farms not covered by minimum wage requirements. They even have... Uh, statutes or sections in this regulation that tell you what you can do with people under 12 years old on a farm people under 12 years old shouldn't be able to work a farm but when you think back to who was working a farm when they came up with this shit black people from is when they could start walking to the time they was old people were on farms why were they on farms because their family needed money even though their family didn't get money for this shit, they said, the white people would say, I can't pay you. I'm not going to pay you. But if y'all want to stay here, I have a house on the land. Y'all can stay in that house. You don't have to pay me anything, but you have to work my farm for me. So that's what they did. The whole family would go work on the farm. If you talk to some black people from rural parts of the South, older, real old, like 60s, 70s, I'll say 70 and up, some of them would tell you, they didn't they they didn't go to school or they know people that didn't go to school because they went to work in the farms very young. They went to work in the field young. Ask them how much money they got paid. Ask them did they ever see a check? Did they ever see a couple coins? Did they ever see a dollar? Did they ever see anything? Ask them what did they get? Just ask. All right? They have like yo. So, I brought all that up to say, listen. That's the shit that need to change. It's not black people need to stay home and because y'all don't tip. It's not our responsibility to tip. Like I said, I do tip people. I tip pretty well, I think. I tip, but it's not on us to pay you. That's not our job. That's your employer's job. But you can't go to your employer for it because you know why? The government said they don't have to pay you. So this whole, I think this whole minute, you know, people stand out there fighting for damn uh Fifteen dollars an hour or whatever like that. That's cool. But they're not the the main people being neglected as far as regulation goes. The people being neglected are farm workers. Farm workers are being neglected, not not neglected. They are being treated in a way that modern humans shouldn't be treated. Farmers, farm workers and people who work for tips. Yo, you cannot live on four hundred and four hundred and whatever I said. How much was it? What I say, four eighty-seven a month, four seventy-seven a month, some shit. You, you can't work on, you can't live on four seventy-three a month in America. Like that's just not gonna work, man. But that's legal. They're allowed to do that legally because that's just what the law says. Like the the labor laws say they can pay you like that. The labor laws don't say what they could pay farm workers because they don't have to pay you anything. If they can get you to work, pretty much put it like this. Farm workers can be can be paid based on the original interpretation of the Constitution. The original interpretation of the Constitution was I can pay you whatever we negotiate. So if you can't negotiate seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour, I don't have to pay you. That means if you need a job badly, you have to take whatever I'm willing to offer you. That's what that means. The reason they came up with the whole All right, so let's let's go back. 1933, they tried to they tried to do a minimum wage statute and it got shot down. The reason it got shot down is because employers, corporations, companies said, "That's not fair. We should be able to pay them whatever they negotiate because in the constitution it lets you negotiate, you know. And and the constitution has been interpreted to say people can negotiate for wages. Employers can, you know, that's how somebody interpreted something. So in 1933, when they tried to come with that first minimum wage statute, it got shot down. They said, "Nah, this is this is unconstitutional." They came back in, two, in 1938 and said, "We got we got to do it." 
right? Farm workers are being treated like from back then, but way back. The constitutional interpretation was we don't have to pay you anything if you can't tell us a reason why we should pay you. Like not the government is not going to protect you. You have to tell me face to face. You need a job. I have a job, but you got to tell me why I should pay you. You should tell me why I even should pay you $5 an hour. Now, make your case. They, now, look, imagine this. A Mexican come from, you know, Mexico and they brand new. They need a job. And they walk up on a farm and say, all right, I need a job. They say, okay, this job pays uh, $5 an hour. Now, they in California. Job pays $5 an hour. Imagine trying to live like that. This job pays $5 an hour. Now, tell me why I should pay you $5 an hour. They say, they really don't speak English or whatever. They say, uh, whatever. They say, all right, cool. I'll give you four fifty and go to work. I'm not saying that it happens like that. I'm saying it could happen like that. I don't know how they get paid. There's a, there's a documentary on Facebook on Netflix I watched a long time ago about how these Mexicans are slaves, like they pretty much ain't being paid. And this was in Florida. Um, no, yeah, I think that. Well, it was all over the country. They were saying these Mexicans are pretty much slaves. They don't have. A lot of them don't speak English. They just they go to work because that's what they feel like they're supposed to do. Go to work, get a couple of dollars, and take it back home to their family. Working all day for twenty dollars. That's ridiculous. But that's what's happening, and the reason it's able to happen is because of what they were doing to black people eighty years ago. They have not changed that in all of this time. They haven't changed it. So, like I said, man. That's something that people need to look at. Don't come at people with the y'all need to stay home. Y'all don't want to pay this. Da, da, da. I don't have to give you 20% tip. I don't have to give you 15%. I give you that because it's a courtesy. It's a courtesy. It does not have to happen. I don't have to give you anything. It's not your fault. It is the government's fault. The government needs to change these laws. That's what needs to happen. All right. I'm on the side of the people who say this stuff needs to go up. I'm not so much worried about people with fast food saying they need $15 an hour. If they feel like they need it, then they need it. I'm on the side of people saying minimum wage should apply to everybody. It shouldn't be this um, exclusionary. There should be no exemptions of the uh, minimum wage. Also, people who are not covered by minimum wage laws are people with disabilities. Like if you have a disability. You are not covered by minimum wage laws. Meaning they can pay you like they pay people who are working on a farm. Let me pull this thing up real quick and see if I see a number on it real quick. If Let's see if they even have a minimum coverage. Let's see. Uh, requirements. See, theirs is called sub minimum wage. <laughs> and that just means below. Right. There's no number here. I'm looking through the whole thing, reading through it, skimming through it. There's no there's no number. Only thing is only thing is telling. Oh, let me see. Every six months. new Let me see. Hold on. Give me. I got to skim through this real quick. I told you I can't read. So it's going to take me some time. All right. Some of the ways must be commiserate. Based on workers. See, they can pay you based on what they think. Uh, what your perceived productivity is, no matter how limited. So there's no number, pretty much. But whatever the number is, if you work overtime, you do have to get time and a half. But they can pay you anything, though. So it's just like, what the hell? It's yo, listen. Are are the labor laws in America seem to be like advanced, but they're really like kind of crazy when you when you when you get into them, man. You have to get into these joints, yo. Y'all can go to um what, what website is this? I'm not on the website. I gotta go to the website. I was on damn I'm, I'm in an hour. Y'all probably y'all probably gonna be mad at me. I talked about this for this long. I know oh shit. Let's see. What website? What website? I don't know the website. Y'all gonna have to go to uh Department of Labor and look through their uh laws on the on uh labor. Now, I think I am done for now. I will Come back to you guys later. We will discuss more things like we always do. Uh, shout out to the Dare to Dream Foundation. They're doing great things in my hometown, Youngstown, Ohio. LeBron James is the GOAT. I just had to slide that in there. Uh, Dare to Dream Foundation is doing great things in Ohio. 
right now, in Youngstown, Ohio right now. You know, they just did a food drive today. Gave out a bunch of food, bunch of, you know, not just, you know, some bullshit. They gave out food that you can live off of. You know what I mean? I'm talking produce. I'm talking some substance. You understand? That's what that's what I'm all about. I, I like to see the people in the community doing stuff like that. So. Okay. So, excuse my silence for a second there. I was reading some stupid ass status on Facebook. <laughs> I had to close that because that, yeah. All right. That's all I got for y'all, man. Y'all make sure y'all hit me up. At Kilo underscore Righteous on Twitter. At Kilo M. Uh, on Instagram, it'll be at Kilo Mansa. That's K-I-L-O-M-A-N-S-A. That's like Mansa, like Mansa Musa. Mansa means king of kings. Okay, it means the top guy. The guy over all the other guys or or women. The, the top person. All right. Uh, let's see. Kilo Mance on there. Then uh, y'all can hit me. Y'all can also email me at regpodcast at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to talk about, if you want me to talk about something, you can hit me up on there and let me know. That's R-E-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Hit me up on there. I will get back to you briefly. And like I said, we're going to do this thing much more fluently and much more, I don't know if qualitative is a word, quantitative. No, that's not a word. All right. We're going to do it a lot more, man. Not, not a lot more weekly. All right. Peace out, y'all. I'm, I'm just rambling right now.